0: the top stories from the kcbs radio newsroom this is the all local good morning i'm margie schaefer and
1: i'm eric thomas and here's what's happening that big storm is bearing down on the bay area expected to bring severe weather high winds heavy rain and flooding kcbs's matt bigler with more here
2: it comes The first atmospheric river in northern California since January will bring anywhere from one to five inches of rain in just over a 24-hour period. The deluge is expected to start this afternoon, and meteorologist Sean Miller with the National Weather Service says they've issued flood warnings for virtually the entire Bay Area.
3: Those go into effect as we head into the afternoon hours today. That, From that time onward is when we have the greatest concern for both strong gusty winds and heavy rain, issues with flooding, and potentially with more trees down.
2: Sandbagging locations are open in cities across the Bay Area, and Governor Newsom has already declared a state of emergency in 21 counties, including San Francisco, San Mateo, Santa Clara, and Santa Cruz. Some cities prone to flooding, like Watsonville and Newman, are encouraging residents to evacuate now. Expect the rain to continue off and on over the weekend. At the storm desk, Matt Bigler, KCBS.
0: While this latest atmospheric river isn't expected to melt the already dense Sierra snowpack, it will bring with it plenty of hazardous conditions. KCBS's Mike DeWald explains. Instead
4: of the snow melting, this storm will bring quite the opposite. While the rain will be warmer once it falls, some of it will absorb back into the snow and refreeze. Daniel Swain is a climate scientist at UCLA. He says that will make for heavier, denser snow, putting more strain on roofs already at risk of caving in. The National Weather Service has warned people to clear snow from their roof if they can. If a roof with a ton of snow on it collapses and somebody's inside, that is not a good situation. That's going to be a real, uh, fairly widespread problem because it's already happening and this additional rain on snow will likely make that problem worse. The Tahoe Truckee Unified School District has canceled classes due to concerns about roof stability. The risks are a little different in the foothill regions, around two to 3,000 feet, where Swain says the mix of snowmelt and heavy rain could amp up runoff. This current event doesn't look like a disaster. There will be flooding. It could be significant or even serious locally, but probably not on a widespread basis. While Swain admits it's difficult to predict exactly what will happen in the Bay Area, he says the creeks and streams in the Santa Cruz Mountains are at the greatest risk of flooding. Mike DeWald, KCBS.
1: Over one quarter of Americans don't trust the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's health recommendations on COVID. 16% of respondents in a 2022 survey from the CDC and Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health say they don't have very much trust in guidance from the agency, while 10% said they have none at all. 37% of respondents say they have a great deal of trust in the agency's COVID recommendations. The authors of the survey said lower trust for the CDC was linked to respondents' beliefs that CDC health recommendations were inconsistent and politically influenced. The survey's findings appeared in the journal Health Affairs.
0: Governor Newsom has tested positive for COVID. His press office says Newsom's symptoms are mild and that he plans to keep working, albeit remotely, and will self-isolate for at least five days per the latest state public health guidelines. This is the second time in less than a year that Newsom has contracted COVID. He also had it last May. Sacramento Bee reports that Newsom recently returned from a personal trip to Baja, California. Uh, Newsom's wife, Jennifer Newsom, has so far tested negative. California high school students might soon be getting a personal finance class in their curriculum. Just over a dozen other states currently require their high schoolers to take a personal finance class before they graduate. Only 27 states even offer financial literacy classes to their students.
1: For more, we're joined at the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Anna Maria Lusardi, professor of economics and accountancy at the George Washington University School of Business. Thank you for joining us this morning to discuss this very important subject. we We took um, what did they call it back then, home economics when I was in school, <laughs> um, and we stopped teaching that. Why did we stop?
5: Yes, uh, that was a mistake, even though I don't think i'm I'm a big fan of a course called Home economics. <laughs> I think personal finance is a much better term, and this is a course much needed because we all have to make very important financial decisions right in high school. For example, when uh, young people have to decide whether or not to go to college and how to finance that education. So more than ever, this is a really important topic.
0: Oh, I I couldn't agree more, Ana Maria. What are the most key parts of a financial literacy course that need to be taught?
5: Well, first of all, we have national standards for financial literacy. So, for example, the Council for Economic Education, several years ago, as mentioned, you know, the standards and therefore the topics that should go in a financial literacy course, and just briefly, are basically the basic and fundamental concepts that people need to know, from interest compounding, the working of inflation, risk diversifications but also cover the most important financial decisions that we all need to make uh in our life. Um, not just about investing and saving, by the way, but also how to manage debt and how to um you know m- manage our FICOR score and, and how to be able to kind of plan for the future and take advantage of, uh, for example, what the financial market offers. If interest rates come down, for example, it might be a really good time to refinance our mortgages and so on. So really the most important financial decisions that um, cover that we need to cover over our life cycle.
1: I don't think anybody would argue with the concept that you need to save more than you spend but we are also in the land of conspicuous consumption so mm-hmm. how, do, how do you work those two things out those two conflicting I- ideals
5: No I don't think so I think actually what people need to understand is they need to understand that you know they live in an environment which is not just uh, you know unbiased that we are subject to a lot of uh, marketing and a lot of informations about um, a lot of pressure about how to buy, and therefore we have to be very um, uh, clever and, and make informed decisions. And also we need to figure out and know where to go and, and get the uh, most rigorous source of information, and so on. So, you know, financial literacy course is about you know, being informed, making good decisions, know where to go uh, to make those decisions, and even how to use experts, how to use financial advisor, and which type of question to ask to a financial advisor. So I think it's actually consistent. You know, people need to have that basic skills that allow them to navigate the world around them. It's almost like a driving license.
0: Yeah, I think it's so important, too, as these uh, these kids take on, you know, student loans and to really understand what it's going to take, how the interest compounds, you know, what they're going to expect to pay back to really get an, an understanding of this. Is high school the best time to start these courses?
5: I think we need to start as early as possible. I would say when the tooth fairy comes, you know, might be ideal, but, uh, you know, if not then, even elementary school... And by the way, this is how we learn almost every other topic, right? We start very early and as early as possible. And I have to say, research also says that this financial socialization starts as early as possible, starts very early. And so I think the earlier we start, the better. You know, we need to be comfortable, for example, speaking about money and, uh, you know, The the more we do it early, the better it is, I would really say that elementary education might just be an ideal time uh, to start introducing these topics in school.
1: Thank you very much for your insights. That's Anna Maria Lasardi, a professor of economics and accountancy at the George Washington University School of Business.
0: Here's the Mancini Sleep World six-day forecast with Darren Peck. And Darren, I'm looking outside the window and I'm thinking, I see cloudy skies, I maybe need an umbrella, but I'm afraid it might flip inside out later today.
2: <laughs> the wind is going to pick up later tonight, and that is going to be a part of this storm. Uh, after about sunset is when the strongest wind will pick up. So the way most of today goes is it's going to be pretty light rain through the morning. We're already seeing light showers in the North Bay from this. We'll see that overtake more of the Bay Area over the next few hours. But in the early afternoon, we're going to get into some of the more uh, heavy aspects of the rain. It's never going to be downpours, but what it will be is long duration going to stick around for a while. We might get an isolated thunderstorm on the leading edge of it as we get into the afternoon. But really, the takeaway is once the intensity picks up to like light and moderate rain this afternoon, it doesn't really turn off until we get towards late tomorrow morning. Although in the Santa Cruz Mountains, it won't even turn off then. It's going to keep raining down there fairly steady and continuously, even through much of Friday afternoon. So the challenge with this is the rainfall totals will start to add up. And for the majority of us, we're looking at anywhere from two to three inches when we take into account the steady rain of today, and then the on-again, off-again showers that will stay with us through Sunday, and that's why we've got a flood watch, Uh, and that primarily is to cover the uh, localized street flooding, some low-lying intersections, that kind of thing. We could see some streams and creeks rising to monitor stage, pretty much barrier wide Certainly in the Santa Cruz Mountains, that will be a bigger concern. The wind advisory is tonight through tomorrow morning, 40-mile-an-hour gust, likely strong enough to take down an occasional tree once again tonight. And that will also be able to break some branches, perhaps. So for Friday morning, there could be some debris on the road. Those are kind of the main headlines, guys, on the leading edge of this.
0: Thanks so much, Darren.
2: Environmental
1: groups and fishing industry representatives are asking the state water resources control board to reverse a decision it made last month to keep more water in reservoirs. KCBS's Raquel Maria Dillon has the latest.
6: Ten separate environmental and fishing industry groups signed a petition to ask the water board to release more water to increase flows through the delta. Those flows provide habitat for endangered fish like the Sacramento Chinook salmon and the Delta smelt. But that water is also coveted by Central Valley growers and Southern California cities, and they complain that the state was letting all that stormwater flow out to sea. John Rosenfield, senior scientist at San Francisco Baykeeper, says the water board caved to that pressure and waived its own regulations.
3: There is plenty of water for people to use and even to grow Uh, the fruits and vegetables that California is famous for. But there's not enough water to grow nuts in the desert uh, and to uh, grow alfalfa for export to China.
6: The Water Board had said if the winter dried out, that reservoir storage would be important. It says now it'll review the petition as well as current conditions. Raquel Maria Dillon, KCBS.
0: We constantly hear about the need to stay active and exercise to keep healthy as we age. Now, researchers are finding exercise can stabilize or even minimize the progression of Parkinson's disease.
7: KCBS's Alice Wurtz reports. Parkinson's disease typically presents in adults around the late 50s or early 60s. It affects mobility, speech, and can cause tremors. Dr. Caroline Tanner is a professor and neurologist. She spent her career focused on Parkinson's and other movement disorders. She practices at UCSF's Weill Institute, for neurosciences. For people who have a diagnosis of Parkinson's is that if you exercise you can slow the progression of disease, you can improve the symptoms of the disease. Dr. Tanner says a prescription for exercise benefits the patient's mobility and it can slow the progression of Parkinson's whether it's stretching, reaching, or focused movement. It's all good. The best prescription is to do any exercise that you comply with. And exercise in groups can help stave off depression and anxiety that sometimes presents in Parkinson's patients. We are really focusing on disease prevention. To learn more about this topic, tune in to As Prescribed at 1.30 p.m. right here. I'm Alice Swartz, KCBS.
1: A California lawmaker has introduced a bill to restrict the way law enforcement uses facial recognition technology. As KCBS's David Welch reports, the measure is sponsored by San Francisco Assemblyman Phil Ting.
3: Currently, members of law enforcement are allowed to use facial recognition software in any way they choose, mainly because a previous law, drafted by Ting, expired in January of this year. His new bill aims at plugging that gap, and he hopes it addresses new concerns about the growing technology. At
4: this point, there are no regulations, so around body cameras or even around uh, what can be used in a law enforcement setting. The
3: bill doesn't ban the technology completely. However, it does place restrictions on how and where it can be used.
4: AB uh, 642 prohibits the use of matches as the only reason for arrest, search, or affidavit for a warrant.
3: And it also addresses issues surrounding false positives, requiring a 98% accuracy rate. The new bill deals with concerns surrounding race and gender. It prohibits the use of facial recognition based solely to discriminate against a protected characteristic. And it requires annual reporting from law enforcement. David Welch, KCBS.
1: Daylight Saving Time arrives this weekend, and with it, some sleepy days to come. Here's KCBS's Jim Taylor. Yeah,
2: we do lose an hour of sleep this weekend.
1: Our society is sleep-deprived. We don't have an extra hour to give up. We can't really afford to give up this extra hour. So it's really an unforced error on our part to do this for ourselves every single year.
2: Dr. Rafael Poleo, Stanford's sleep clinicians. study by the National Institutes of Health does confirm thousands of Americans experience physical health problems caused by the time change. That includes stroke, heart attack, changes in mood. When
1: you don't get enough sleep, people tend to be irritable and inattentive. So just know people around you can be a little crankier.
2: The transition between daylight saving and standard time has darker mornings, more evening light. That essentially delays our sleep-wake cycle, makes us feel tired in the morning, alert in the evening, While the U.S. Senate has voted in favor of year-round daylight saving time, Congress has not.
1: The American Academy of Sleep Medicine and several other uh, professional societies endorse staying in permanent standard time.
2: No official changes are on the horizon, though. Jim Taylor, KCBS. This season will
1: forever be etched into the lore of the Yosemite Valley. KCBS's Chris Ancarlo reports crews are working hard to reopen the park as deep snow has already brought some buildings down.
3: Around 15 of the tent cabins in Curry Village appear to have collapsed. Canvas and, and wood, um, and so there's a huge snow load. Park Ranger Scott Gediman says there's also concern for buildings and homes where park staff live, some of which are about a hundred years old. Even the newer ones, um, you know, when they're built for the area, you know, of course, snow is expected in the Sierra Nevada region, but it's just the volume of snow and and just the amounts of it, you know, is really something. The park is closed. The plan was to reopen Monday, but now there's more weather blowing in, so we're just gonna see the impacts, and evaluate things over the weekend. Gediman has been at the park for 27 years. He says he's never seen anything like this. It's always real quiet when there's no visitors there, and of course it's different. But for this one, what's really been sticking with me, and I love to tell, is just, is just the The collaboration and the sense of community. All together in the Yosemite Valley. It's snow everywhere. Chris Ancarlo, KCBS.
1: As storms continue to hit this winter, some water experts are warning that large-scale flooding could be a reality later this month. KCBS's Megan Goldsby with that story.
6: This is likely not one of those dangerous warm storms we've been telling you about.
1: You know, there will be some rain at the lower elevations, but probably a lot more snow at the upper elevations. But the the wet season isn't over yet.
6: And if warm storms come and cause all of the snow melt to happen at once, Dr. Peter Glick, co-founder and senior fellow at the Pacific Institute, says it could be dangerous for those who live near rivers and below dams. Reservoir managers have been releasing water ahead of the storm system, which should help curtail flooding. But what that doesn't help with is... California's drought. The
1: big floods that we get, the, the big flows from the mountains don't spread out and recharge groundwater. We tend to push them out into the, into the rivers and out into the delta and ultimately into the ocean. Uh, We need to figure out a way to spread those floods out a little more, because it takes time to recharge groundwater.
6: So that is where the problem remains, underground.
1: Demand for groundwater simply, at the moment, exceeds the reliable supply. So the long-term trend is still in the wrong direction. That's going to require really rethinking the way we use water in the Central Valley.
6: Megan Goldsby,
1: KCBS.
0: Subscribe to the All Local wherever you get your podcasts. And stream us on your smart speaker 24-7 by saying... Play KCBS Radio.